Welcome to Three Song Stories, home of the song story and the place where musical memories come to life each and every week. Thanks for listening. I'm Mike Canary. Our guest this week is Amanda Inscore. Amanda is an award-winning photojournalist who's been at the News Press in Fort Myers since 2003. She was born in North Carolina and graduated from the University of North Carolina's Journalism School. She describes herself as a former and current gymnast, a yogi, a music lover, and a breast cancer survivor. Her bio also says she enjoys traveling, hiking, and chocolate, especially Norman Love confections, and that she loves spending time with her husband and their two sons, and that she enjoys reading books when she can find the time. Hey there, Amanda. Hey there. How are you? Good. Looking forward to talking to you longer than 30 seconds? Yes, that'll that'll be good. (laughs) Um, What book or books are you currently reading? Oh, gosh. Um, I'm actually listening to a book. Okay, that counts. The School for Good Mothers. It's kind of a dystopian book about... Is it fiction or nonfiction? It's fiction. <laughs> well, these days when you say know, dystopian, right? I don't know where you're going. <laughs> it, it, it could be real. I mean, it feels like it could be real, but it's not. Um, this mother gets caught neglecting her child. She could just kind of like walks out of the apartment one day and leaves her kid for like two and a half hours. And so the book is then about what ensues after that. Like mm. they send her to this school for good mothers and she has to learn how to be, quote, a good mom. Okay. And so I'm kind of in the middle of it now. Interesting. Okay. And I'm also reading Honey and Spice. So I'm, I've got two going at the same time. Okay. You mentioned in your bio that you can only read when your sons nap. How old are your sons? Oh, gosh. Oh, they don't nap anymore. That, okay, that's an that, old bio. Okay, you need to update your bio. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. I do. <laughs> They're seven and nine now. They're Se- at school. Seven and nine. Okay, cool. Uh, real quick, I have a cat. Her name is Amanda, and that's because um, she was dumped on my lawn with a bunch of kittens. We kept one of the kittens. We named him Spock. We wound up keeping the mom, so I looked up Spock's mom's name, and it's Amanda. I had no idea. <laughs> So you've got that going for you. Yeah, I know most of the famous Amandas, but not yep, that one. Spock's human mom. So that's what wow. you learned today. Um, so have you listened to any music so far today? Yes. I listened to the Avett Brothers on the way here. Ah, that seems like that would fit into your, your motif based on what I've been able to pick up. Yeah. Uh, have you ever seen them live? Yes. Yeah? Yeah, I saw them in 2019 in Tampa at the Gasparilla Music Festival. That was mm. the first time. I, I would love to see them live. They're so good. We're going to see them in St. Saint- Augustine in March. Oh, yeah? Oh, I'm so excited. Tickets still available? Yeah. I might have to look. I would love if my daughter would I'd blow her mind if yeah, I got they've her got tickets. Got a... to that. Ooh, Christmas present. Ooh. There you go. they got a two-night. <laughs> if you're listening, stand. Gwen's friends, don't say anything. <laughs> uh, okay, so you grew up in North Carolina. Yes. Whereabouts in North Carolina? Uh, in the Pinehurst area where all the golf happens. Oh. Yeah, about an hour south of Raleigh. Were you surrounded by golfers? Yes. <laughs> Were you ever a golfer? No. 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 Um, did you know golfers? Some. Yeah, I mean, my <laughs> some of my friend's brothers played, and at the time, my dad played a little bit. Gotcha. But. So uh, how would you describe the musical background of growing up there? Um, it was mostly my parents' music, my dad. Um, super into classic rock and also a little bit of country, but more classic country mm-hmm. and a little bit of bluegrass type music. So. What about your mom? Uh, my mom, she liked Kenny and Dolly, you know, and she liked the bluegrass too. Um, and I think she mostly tolerated the classic rock stuff that my dad <laughs> liked to play really Enough, well. apparently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, did you have brothers or sisters? No, no. No. I have a stepbrother. He came along uh, when my mom remarried when I was in high school. Gotcha. So. Um, were there musical instruments being played around you or by you? No. No? No. My dad gave me a guitar when I graduated from high school. And, you know, I can play G and B. And do you still have that guitar? I do. <laughs> I still have it. And one of my friends, you know, caught me playing a little bit, but... He taught me an Ani DeFranco song that I really wanted to learn. But Which one? 
think it was both hands. Yeah. I can't really remember. She's awesome. She is. Um, uh, instruments. Um, I'm sorry. Um, first music you owned. <laughs> it was a record. It was Tiffany. Oh, wow. Yeah. A Tiffany record. Tiffany That's like that record. sweet spot. It, I didn't even yeah. know like Tiffany. That To me, Tiffany's a tape deck queen. <laughs> yeah, I had the record. And then the very next thing I bought was the Belinda Carlisle tape. Oh, painting a real picture of the 80s there. Yeah. <laughs> yes. uh, do you remember the first time you saw live music? That wasn't maybe like, you know, like a church group or something like that. Yes. So though the first live music I saw was Mike Cross. Um, he's a local artist, uh, well, local to North Carolina. And then um, the first music I saw by choice was New Kids on the Block. Wow. Yeah. Where was that? that How was... old were you? Describe the scene. <laughs> <laughs> I was 13, and it was a stadium full of screaming 13-year-old girls and their moms. We, we went with my best friend's mom. She took us because she was like the young, cool mom. And she also loved them. But it was a you know, full stadium show. Wow. <sighs> How close were you? Oh, not that close. Did you have a favorite new kid? Joey. Joey. See, yeah. I'm talking like I know who they are, but I, you, you could have said <laughs> Billy Bob, and I would be like, okay. <laughs> Do you still listen to New Kids on the Block ever? No. No? No. Do you still listen to any of that music from back then? Like Tiffany? No. no, no, not even with like Spotify now. You don't ever like submit your sons to, you know, no. cheesy music from your childhood. I mean, there's some cheesy, but Tiffany's not one of them that I go back to. Is uh, is Janet Jackson one of them? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little bit of Janet Jackson, a little bit of Madonna, stuff mm, like that. Uh, one of my first tape t- tapes I got one year for Christmas. I got um, "Like a Virgin," uh, "Girl, You Know It's True." Yes. And police synchronicity. Oh, yeah. What a weird mix, right? Yeah, weird mix. <laughs> yeah, we were, my best friend and I were really into Millie Vanilli, too. Were you crushed? Yes. Did you see it coming? Nobody saw no, it coming, right? No, I mean, we were, <laughs> you know, 10, 9 years old. So, no, we did not see that coming. I, you know, I, I'm not ashamed to admit, I really liked Millie Vanilli. And my girlfriend at the time was really into Millie Vanilli. And I was okay with that. You know, it's easy to be snarky about it now. But before we knew the truth, they were like magic. Yeah, they were. <laughs> <laughs> Had a full on in the Walkman, everything. <clears throat> what kind of Walkman? Oh, I, I just had the basic one. The was it Sony one. or was it, was it like Sony. an off brand? Okay, well, at least Sony. it was a Sony. See, I never sure. owned a Sony until I found one in a um, lost and found at a church and oh, snagged it. That's <laughs> nice. My best friend had the Sony that was yellow. That was my. That was the one that I had. It was, it was like, like I could I could take it to the beach and splash around. Yeah, yeah I found she it. had that. One. I got it from the lost and found. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even wait to see if somebody f- came back for it. <laughs> that's anyway, inventing that now. Um, well, let's do this Janet Jackson song. You ready for your first song? Yeah, sure. Let's do it. Okay. Uh, do you want to tell a story? Or do you want to listen to it? Uh, I'll tell the story. Okay, go ahead. This is Escapade, by the way. Es- Escapade by Janet Jackson. Yeah. Um, so every time I hear this song, I think about my best friend. She's still my best friend. Um, and when we were probably, I don't know, when it, whenever this came out, we had... 1989. 1989. So we were 10. We had a dance <laughs> to the song. We made up dances to lots of different songs, but I specifically remember this one. I can still remember some of the dance moves and we can you would, do it when we listen to it later? You want to like... I mean, maybe. Okay, go ahead. Keep yeah. going. I'm sorry to interrupt. Um, <laughs> I'll pantomime it. So we used to videotape ourselves doing the dances. Like and, a VHS kind of rig? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and... <laughs> It was her stepdad's video camera, and we weren't really supposed to be using it. And I don't know if it was this specific song that we had taped ourselves, but we taped ourselves, and then we watched it, and then we panicked because we didn't want her parents to find out that we had used it. So we, like, destroyed the tape and, like, (laughs) threw it in the lake behind her house. (laughs) Really? Did you destroy it and throw it in the lake? Yes. Just throwing it in the no, lake it wasn't, wasn't enough. enough. Like, wasn't enough. Like, like we had forensics to pull, pull could the, have found it. 
Yeah. <clears throat> what was the tape? Uh, what was the tape? Did you tape over something? I feel like we did. Yeah. 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 Because you know tapes were kind of hard to come by. Yeah. And couldn't as a ten year old you couldn't just buy a new one. So huh. we were, we certainly recorded over some soap operas or <laughs> a gymnastics meet or something like that. Um, so so, um, so when was the last time you listened to this song? I listened to it when I was trying to pick out my song. Okay, so you at least to, did to it take you right it. back. It took me right back. Okay, well, let's go back again. Uh, this is Escapade by Janet Jackson uh, from her 1989 album, Janet Jackson's Rhythm Nation 1814. It's Amanda Inscore's first song today on Three Song Stories. Let's go! Is there any part of you that wishes you hadn't thrown it in the lake? Like, you could see that with your own eyes now if you had, if you just hidden it. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I would love to see that tape right now. <laughs> um, so, you mentioned you have two sons. What did you say, seven and nine? Seven and nine, yeah. Um, but you don't ever expose them to this kind of music? You don't ever, like, pull something from the flashback bin? Some. I did buy, I did find that record in the record store in the bargain bin. And I did, I did come home and play it that day, but I don't know if they even... Right. Absorbed it. Yeah, yeah. You'd you have, it would be hard to explain. To them, it's yeah. just music at this point still. Yeah. Um, so, high school. What was your vibe in high school? You mentioned in your bio, gymnastics. Were you like the gymnast girl in high school? Well, I was more the gymnast girl before high school. Okay. I, so, when did you start that? I, I started gymnastics at eight. Okay. okay. Yeah, eight. And then I quit when I was 13. Oh, okay. And then... I did in gymna- uh, in high school, I did um, a little bit of cross country, which I was not good at, but I found my vibe in track, track and field. So I did hurdles, high jump, I guess that kind jump. of yeah. gymnastics, high jump, right? Yeah. Huh. So I was a good jumper and I was fast. So they were happy to have me. Where my, did- my best friend, the one we did the dancer. dances with. She did gymnastics with me, and then she quit, and then she ran track with me, and so we, and we both did hurdles together. And who was faster? We would go back and forth. Okay. Ultimately, she ended up being faster because she was a year behind me in school, so she had another year to, to I best see. me. So mm. she had the school record. You guys were gymnasts, so was the video that you shot gymnastically? Motivate, you know, were you? Was it just pure dance, or was there some like? Oh, there was definitely. I don't some, even know what to call it. <laughs> there was some cartwheels and you know some basic gymnastics stuff that okay. we could do. So, what was your style in high school? Like, what was you know? Where did you fit in that way? Well, I mean, most of my friends were athletes, and I mean, I guess I hung out with the popular kids some, but not totally. I had a older boyfriend when I was a sophomore and he had older friends. So we mostly hung out with people who were out of high school. (laughs) (laughs) So I kind of got to avoid a lot of the high school politics and stuff. Um, Do you remember your first slow dance? Yep. Tell us about it (laughs) if if you're willing. (laughs) What was the song? Um, Well, I don't. I know it was probably at his senior prom, so I would have been a sophomore because we didn't really have dances before that. Was he at a different school? No, same school. Oh, okay. But it only juniors and seniors could go to the prom. So he brought me, and the prom theme was Wonderful Tonight by Eric Clapton. So oh. I know that we danced to that one. Okay. So, and I remember. Are you that. a dancer in general? You're a gymnast or former gymnast, and you, yeah? Yeah, I like to dance. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, karaoke Um, Not anytime recently, but I do, I have in the past. I, I do like some Janis Joplin for oh. karaoke. Yeah. I, I think I can see that. Me and Bobby McGee. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so um, you were kind of, kind of a jock in the high school. When did um, journalism or photography, more specifically, enter yeah. your perspective. I took a photography class in high school. Um, I had to take art one first, which I was not. So you had to draw poorly for a semester before you right. can have a camera. Exactly. And then they let me have a camera, <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is fun. You know, we could go in the dark room. So it's film? It was film. We could walk around campus to take our pictures, so we kind of got a little freedom. And Do you remember what that first camera was? 
Or well, was my, it just a 35 millimeter? It was a 35 millimeter. My parents bought me a Pentax K1000 that year for Christmas. So I got to use that one. How long did you use it? Probably a couple years. I ended up oh, so stupid. I sold it in college to get money. <laughs> yeah. But I used that money to then buy a, a better camera. For okay. Okay. But yeah, it would be nice to classes. have right now. Wouldn't it? Would it? Be Just nice. have it on a shelf somewhere. Yeah. Um, but what about the journalism side of things? So you took a photography class. Was it at that point more just like, you know, like like artsy kind of like I want to take cool pictures? Yeah, it was cool pictures then. And then when I got to college, my roommate, my freshman year, she knew a guy who was a stock photographer. And so he worked for an agency and he she made it sound like they would just go on these trips and he would take pretty pictures. Like of, an influencer on Instagram. Right. <laughs> and it was just easy and he would just sell the photos to the agency. And I was like, I want that job. And I was at the University of North Carolina, which had a great journalism school. And I was like, well... Maybe I'll try that. So hmm. I just lucked into a great journalism program. and Always visual storytelling, though? Or yes. were you also learning, like, the chops of writing and copy and Well, we had, to take, and... we had to take the journal, basic journalism classes. So we had to take writing, and then you could choose between reporting and editing. And I took editing, which I did not get a very good grade in. <laughs> right. I still can't edit. I mean, I've been a professional journalist for 20 years, but I write for radio and nobody has to read that. That was what was so bad when the web came along. I was like, oh, my God, I got to learn how to put commas places. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was, but it was mostly photojournalism. And that was um, at that point that was you were on that path. Yep. Yep. Because I was like, this is something I can do and I can graduate and I can make money because I was going to major in psychology. Hmm. And then I realized that I would have to go to grad school for that. And I, didn't, I wasn't sure how I was going to pay for grad school or that I wanted to go to grad school. Right. So. If if somebody gave you an old Pentax camera right now <clears throat> and the light meter was broken and threw a roll of 400-speed film in it and you walked around and took 36 shots in different lighting settings, how close do you think you'd get? Ooh, I don't know. I'm yeah. so dependent on the back of the camera now. I did. Over- I know, but back then, you know, <laughs> know. you you had that in your in your brain. You did, at least to some degree. The light meter yeah, helped, but you knew how helped. to work your way around it too. Yeah, I, what's funny? After I switched to digital, I photographed my dad's um, wedding to my stepmom, and I didn't want to do it on digital, so I grabbed the film camera again, and I was so petrified. Yeah. To get that film back because I was so scared yeah. that it was going to be messed up. <laughs> I get it. I shot a couple weddings back in the day on film and it was a nightmare because I didn't have like three cameras so I couldn't be all loaded up. I'd have to like, you know, scramble to load the next roll and hope I didn't screw that up. And yeah. Oh, I screwed that up at one of them. I, I, I was at the end of my role at a wedding and she was about to walk down the aisle and I just had to open the camera and rip out what I had already taken because I didn't want to I knew I didn't want to miss that right moment. Right. So, and then they were like, well, "Kids what these days have it so easy with their phones. Oh, with they take pictures before they take <laughs> pictures." And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, do you remember when you took your first selfie? Oh, it was. I well, mean, back then, were you like, you know, were you an artsy enough thirty-five millimeter film shooter that you might have like taken a reflection shot or something like that? Probably, but also I had a little point-and-shoot camera in college, and surely we took one. And I, I know, actually, I, I definitely set up set it up on the self-timer somehow, and then surely we turned the camera on ourselves, phone-style then, too. I once <clears throat> went to Disney World in my early 20s, and I, this is before I got my first real camera, and I just had one of those Advantixes. You remember those? It was the kind that you could take wide, you know, the, the wide shot or the standard shot or like a square shot by sitting, you know, all it was yeah. doing was like, you know, putting a little thing over the lens. And I was at Disney World by myself because I had a free ticket and I was visiting a buddy and he was at work so I had time and I went all around Disney World and I took pictures of myself like I'd get on like like the sky lift and I'd go click and so I've got this whole roll of film still of me just like 
by myself, and not even looking at the camera. Just be my be me by myself at Disney World. Oh, <laughs> just documentary style. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I was that was during a exploratory time in my life. We'll yeah. Say. Um, you mentioned stock photos before we get to your your second song. Are you following what's going on with like the text based AI image generators and how that's going to affect stock photography and other kinds of art? No. <laughs> Well, I won't go into great detail here, but right now there are public, publicly accessible free programs where you can type in words and say, I want a picture of a male doctor with blonde hair in an office sitting next to a patient getting ready to give her a shot. Go. And like a minute later, it'll give you like six of them to choose from, and then you can refine it from there. And those aren't real people. Those are artificially in, intelligently generated people, so there's no copyright. So imagine being a stock photographer now all of a sudden. Wow. Yeah, and they look real. They don't look like janky. That's like they look real. That's a little scary. It's very scary. You should be looking into this as a visual storyteller. Probably. (laughs) The world is changing crazy. Um, Okay, last question before second song. Um, um, What was the first band or musician that you really glommed onto when you were younger that became sort of part of your identity? Oh, my gosh. I don't know. You didn't have a band? Like you didn't have that one band that, you know, you considered yourself a fan of? Beastie Boys. Beastie Boys. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Did you ever see them live? Yeah, I did. Really? Lollapalooza. Oh, wow. 94, I think. Yeah, 94. Lollapalooza in 94. It was an amazing show. Where was that? Is that the same place every year? Is that the one that's in that Tennessee was, or is that? No, that's no, Bonnaroo or That's whatever. Bonnaroo. <clears throat> Lollapalooza at the time was the traveling right, right. Um, show. So it was Green Day and Smashing Pumpkins. I think Smashing Pumpkins was that year. I get two, the two years mixed together because they were in the same mm-hmm. spot. But I know Green Day and the Beastie Boys were the same. And who else? Oh, gosh. It was such a good show, though. When was the last time you went to a music festival? Festival? At least nine oh. years ago. <laughs> well, when I saw the Avett Brothers in 2019, that was the Gasparilla Music oh, Festival. Oh, okay. So, but it wasn't like – it was a one-day thing. It wasn't a camping. Did you take your kids to that? No. No? No, we're going to take them in March, though. Have you taken them to a show yet? No. This will be their first Wow. Show, okay. Yeah. It's going to be a fun experience, yeah. Especially Avett Brothers, yeah. And they they like the Avett Brothers too because I play them. All What's the not time. to like? I know they're the best. That Tiny Desk concert of theirs, I've yeah. watched that a hundred times. Like I, I'll just sometimes I'll just be like, I'm going to watch it again. I just love it so much. Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, this next song is not from the Avett Brothers. It's Mike Cross, who you mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what's the story, or how do you want to go? Um. Okay. Yeah, we'll do it now. Um. So my dad used to play Mike Cross every, well, just about every Saturday morning, Sunday morning. I would wake up in the house to this. And you, this song was one of the ones that I could remember the most. And I love it. It's, it's just a funny song. He's got a bunch of funny, like, folk. I think a lot of them are Irish folk songs. This one. Tell us a little bit more about Mike Cross in general. Okay. Because I'd never heard of him until now. Yeah. He's amazing. He's um, a North Carolina folk artist who he plays the fiddle and he probably plays the guitar too. But he's just, he's a storyteller and plays a lot of Irish, Scottish folk songs and he can jam out. And he's got some really great sentimental songs, too. Mm. So he's really good. And so you'd, you'd wake up, your dad would be playing the, his music off of like a record, maybe, record, probably, definitely. at the time. Yeah. I have the records now. He's passed oh, wow. some of them on to me. And I, we actually, actually played it the other day. This for, same, this, 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 this live and kicking record? We, I, I played the Bounty Hunter record oh, for oh. them. But I do have the live and kicking one, too. So, um, good. so paint a radio picture for us, you know, like, you know, you wake up, you hear the music, like walk in, see the scene for us. <laughs> well, first of all, I hear the music. I'm probably 11 or 12 at this point. I mean, I had been hearing this my whole life. Right. And so <laughs> like I cringe in bed because I'm like oh not again this is terrible stuff I hate this I hate it so much I'm going to be talking about it 
several decades from now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, and then I walk out and my dad's like singing at the top of his voice. Like, you know, he's trying to be like, happy Saturday, dad. Like, well, hey, everybody wake up. And, you know, I'm at the phase where I just want to sleep in right. and I want it to be quiet. And he's woken me up with this loud so he's jamming across he's jamming well let's listen let's listen to it imagining that uh and i love the name it's whiskey for breakfast spelled f-o-r-e as if you were playing golf uh by mike cross from the album live and kickin released in 1981 it's amanda inscore's second song on this week's episode of three song stories it's biography through music yes lord preserve us and protect us we've been drinking whiskey for breakfast yeah i can really see that yeah, <laughs> it's, good. it's good. Oh, man. Uh, what's that make you think or feel, you know, listening to it now and, you know, sharing that story? It, it makes me feel happy. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's a good memory from childhood growing up. And like we came sort of full circle with the Mike Cross. Like I saw him with them when I was young at the North Carolina State Fairgrounds. Then he annoyed me in my tween years, teen years. And then. After my husband and I were married, we went to a show, a Mike Cross show with my dad and stepmom, you know, probably, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago. And it was the coolest show. Do you ever wake your sons up with music that's loud while you dance around and annoy them? No, they wake up at like 530 every morning. Oh, so as soon as they gain access to the music controls, they'll be doing it to you. Yes. They wake (laughs) me up playing YouTube and stuff now but when they're well you need to wake up one morning like three and just jam this song yeah (laughs) (laughs) when they start sleeping in as cranky tweens i will do this to them it will happen yes um real quick aside um i won't go into the details but basically um when, when my mom got remarried when i was young i took on my stepfather's name even though it wasn't like legal and so for like five years i was mike ross Mike Cross, Mike, oh, Mike Ross. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I didn't even think about it until you said it again. I was like, oh, yeah, that was my name for a while. Yeah, that's As strange me. as that is. Um, so as a photographer, can you remember the first time that you took an image that really got attention? You know, something that you were like, I can really do this. Or people are like, oh, my God, that's a fantastic picture. Or, you know, or for an assignment where it got distributed broadly or something like that. Well, are there just too many? There's there's several. Um, The one that jumps right out is after I had already started working as a journalist here in town. I did a project about two women who were living together. They both had eating disorders. Um, One had anorexia and one was a compulsive overeater. And they were living together to try to help each other. And the the woman with anorexia, um, they let me stay overnight and. I got a photo of her back and her face in the mirror. And that one, just it, when you see it, it's just, I don't, it's, it'll leave you speechless. I coincidentally basically. know that picture because I do my due diligence and I went through your website. And if I had to guess if there was a picture on your website that I saw that I will still remember 10 years from now, that's the picture. It's a lot. It is. But that's part of the storytelling. Yeah. Because that's a real moment. It's not a contrived moment. That's a real moment. Yeah. All those pictures are real moments. Yeah. That's kind of my forte is capturing moments. I get frustrated if nothing's happening because I'm like, I need I need a moment. Like, come on. Don't you just love it when, like, you see something sort of coming, and, you know, and it's just like, oh, here, here. And then, yeah. and then it happens, and you actually get it. Isn't that great? Yeah. And you're like, yes. <laughs> Well, especially as a photojournalist, because you're, you know, you're not just taking pictures to show your friends or maybe show on the wall or something. You know, you're putting it out to the world and you're telling people stories. Yeah. Yeah. Feel like a lot of pressure sometimes? Yes. Yeah. Not just to get it right, but whether to share it and, you know, where's the line? All yeah. Sometimes things. whether to even photograph it at mm-hmm. all, because you know what would make a great photo. But sometimes you're just like, no, I can't. I can't bring the camera to my face right now because I, it's too precious. We just went through Ian. You worked it. I did. What was that like? It was a lot. <laughs> it was a lot of hours. Same, same with you guys. Um, it's a lot of suffering. And 
some I didn't I still haven't been to Fort Myers Beach. I haven't either. I yeah. don't want to feel like a gawker. I know. I they don't, don't need me. Yeah. I don't need to see it. And but yeah. Yeah, we've got you know Andrew West. I do. He he lived on the beach. I know. And, yeah. So he's been doing most of our our beach stuff. I think it's a little bit torture for him and a little bit therapy. Yeah. At the same time. I've been like, thinking about him. Yeah. I was going to bring him up, but I wasn't sure if I should bring him up. So thank you for bringing him up. If you're listening, yeah. Andrew, you know, love you, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's yeah, he's special. Um, so you started the news press in 2003. Yep. Um, that's the same year I started here as an intern. Oh, wow. So we've been in the local media scene for the exact same amount of time. Coming up on 20 years. Coming up on 20 years, exactly. What was your first job there at the news press? Was it just you were a news shooter? Photographer, yeah. Was it all digital then? You guys had the digital SLR packages by then, right? Yeah. The Nikon D1H. I remember the first time I saw one of those was a, I worked at a golf shop and they sent out, the news press was doing a story on the owner and they sent out a guy. And he had that big thing on the bottom. And I was like, what is that? And he started explaining it to me. And my mind was just blown. Yeah, that was probably in Because like the news 99. people had it a little sooner yeah. than everybody, the commercial people, you know, the, the, the normal people had. Yeah. Right when I graduated from college is when they all started coming out, or like my senior year. What was your first digital SLR? Besides one for work. Oh, just the ones for work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you didn't need to, yeah, you didn't need to buy one because you had one for work. Yeah. Have you ever owned one besides for work? No. Wow. <laughs> no. Good for you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I feel like if I buy one, it's going to be obsolete. Yeah. And work has always given me really good cameras. Yeah. So. Do you? I mean, it, do you have a dream camera or do you have as much camera as you really want because of work? I'm pretty good right yeah. now. What yeah. do you shoot with? Are you still like a 5D or something like that with all um, the bells and whistles? I do or? have a 5D, but the um, Canon 1DX Mark II, mm. two of those. So those are You've the gold standard. fool around at all with the mirrorless stuff? Not yet. That might Not be a yet. good personal camera. Yeah. Those things make yeah. it seem like they're cheating. I know. It's <laughs> we do We do have one, a Sony one that we'll take to court because they don't make noise. Right, right, right. Um, and I, I just always get frustrated with it, but it's probably because it's just different from what I'm used to. Oh, yeah, yeah. And we just probably need to change some settings on it to make it um, work better. If you've, if you've noticed, and you may know this, but maybe not, the, there's been a explosion in the world of astrophotography in the last five years where you can yeah. see the, And that's because those mirrorless cameras, you can crank the ISO up to like a million and it's pretty much grainy free. You know what I mean? It's just like they can take a picture in pure darkness and it looks like a picture almost. Yeah. <laughs> I like seeing those pictures. Oh, no, I love seeing those pictures. But I, it's, it's like, you know, as a person who who shot, you know, on a Yashica TL Super that didn't have a light meter for like five years, I look at what yeah. they can do with nothing. and It's, it's not like, fair. It's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> um, can you reflect on, on how – and this may be a, a strange question, but you'll know what I mean. Um, you know, how much easier was it to get a job as a photographer in journalism back then as it were now? Like if you were graduating college now. It's probably a way steeper climb right now, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, back then, newspapers. They all needed a bunch of you. They all needed a bunch of us. There was <laughs> 10 of us when I got hired. Hmm. So, and now there's four of us. Hmm. And you're doing more stuff besides just shooting, right? You're yeah, shooting we're... video. You're probably, explain the scope of what a, <laughs> what a, what a newspaper photojournalist means today. Yeah, pictures. Video. Now I we're doing podcasts too. I'm working. Oh yeah, on you're podcasts. part of the last ride. Yep. You probably look back on those early times, and it was you know your 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 job was sort of simpler. Not that it was easy, but you know. Yeah. It, all we had to do was take photos, but we we would have three or four assignments per day. Once we got doing video, the assignments per day went down. Oh, okay. So we, we would have time. You have just to... more to do with, with one story instead of right. having to just go out there and try to get that one good image and then get back. Yeah. Yeah, we're shooting less now. Did you have a job as a photojournalist at a newspaper before you were on digital where, you know, you'd have to come back with film and they, make, did they develop them in-house or how did that even work? Yeah, we had um, at my first – well, I had a couple internships with film – and then at my first newspaper job in Central Florida at the Leesburg Daily Commercial. Oh, 
we we started out with film. And yeah, there was a little, you'd have to roll your film in the dark room in the dark. And we had a automatic processing machine. So it would do the film for us. And then we'd have to search through on the loop and find the one that you wanted and scan it in. And, and so, then, so you were scanning in negatives. You weren't yeah. enlarging and then scanning. Well, yeah, at that job, we were scanning in negatives. At my first internship, uh, we, the newspaper hadn't even gone color yet. And we would, and they, they weren't, I had to teach the photographer Photoshop. They were in the, min, in the midst of digitize, digitizing everything. So we did have to make prints then because they would do the paste up. Right. Thing. Hmm. I, I found my way into photography at a really interesting time. I was a nerd with technology. I was given that old Yashica from a friend. It was his dad's. I started taking pictures, kind of had a knack for it. So I would get them developed at Walgreens, and then I would scan them into my computer, and I had like Photoshop 3 or 5 or something, so it was like 98-ish. Yeah. And and once I scanned it in, I could like tweak levels and just do some minor stuff. I wasn't going crazy with it, but I could suddenly take photos and turn them into something that really caught people's eyes once I reprinted it. You know what I mean? Like photographers were like, how are you taking pictures that look like that? And it was because I was taking them to Walgreens and then scanning them into Photoshop and then printing them on nice paper. Yeah. I felt like I had figured something out. <laughs> yeah, I taught, I taught the photographer how to do Photoshop, and he helped me, like, get better at printing. Hmm. Um, okay, uh, before we get to your third song, uh, concerts. Let's talk concerts. Okay. You clearly have been to some concerts. Yes. Um, talk, you know, peak concert experiences over your life besides the ones oh. we've already mentioned. I mean, the Lollapaloozas were yeah. pretty peak. Um, Tom Petty. Ah. Like, we're standing at the top of the lawn at the amphitheater in Raleigh, and it's pouring rain, lightning, and he's playing Won't Back Down. We're just like, yeah! Mm. <laughs> mm. So I remember that vividly, just being, like, soaked. Any, one, any other ones? Um, I love Tom Petty, by the way. Yeah. Miss that guy. Yeah. I got to see the Eagles. My dad took us. <laughs> To the Eagles, me and the group of friends. That was good. Steve Miller, Aerosmith. Um, but yeah, the Lollapaloozas were. Were you were you really, a partier at the Lollapaloozas, or were you a milder participant? Because those things can get pretty crazy. A little bit. I was in high school. Oh, okay. So you know, we snuck some drinks where we could. But <laughs> um, mostly before we went in. Do you have a favorite venue that you've seen concerts at or that you love to go try to see concerts at? Mm, not really. No. Um, I mean, I did. I saw a bunch at that Walnut Creek Amphitheater in Raleigh. So that maybe that's the favorite just because it's nostalgic. Have you seen shows around here over the years? Some. Oh, Buckingham Blues Bar. Yeah. J.J. You know, Gray? I know. I, I Every year I go, I'm going to go this year, I swear. And then I, like, wait too long and the tickets are gone and everything. Is yeah. that as good as they say? Like, that's like – Yeah. It's like on my bucket list. Ooh, I have a question. I have a new question. We're going to we're gonna insert. You're, okay. you're testing it out on you. All right. Uh, what is highest on your bucket list overall? Or at least something mm. that pops into your mind is something that is on a bucket list, is something you want to accomplish or uh, I want to go to Bali. Bali? Yeah. Well, after I read Eat, Pray, Love, Bali became a goal. Huh. And it just seemed like, seems like such a... Bali's in the South relax. Pacific, is it? I yeah, like Indonesia. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. We'll go there and take pictures or just go there and be there? Both. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, back to concerts. Okay. Um, sorry, I, no. I meant to spring that on you right at the beginning <laughs> to break the ice, and I totally forgot. But you used the word bucket, so there you go. Yeah. Um, uh, if you ever seen any like you know relatively famous acts or bands, you know, in a smaller venue where you got to be close to them? Yes. So there's a couple. When I first moved here, I got to see Willie Nelson, and it was at this place on 41 in Fort Myers. It had to be right there, like like next to Kmart. That 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 cracker yeah. bar that that yeah <clears throat> yeah it was, had a western name yeah I don't I don't remember what it was because it closed <laughs> shortly after but I got to see Willie there wow that is a pretty was, small venue that's just a few yeah. thousand square feet it I was mean tiny. That, you know, yeah yeah hmm. I actually got to photograph Willie there 
that that it was an assignment. Oh wow! Yeah. How close did you get to go because you were on assignment? Did you get to get up on him, or did you just have to like be a fan with a camera? No, we were. I was in the front row. Yeah. Hmm. Right there. Who's the most famous person you've ever photographed? Oh, I don't know. Willie's pretty famous. Willie's pretty famous. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Plenty of singers. Yeah, I don't. I guess that's. Probably Willie. <laughs> Probably Willie. Is that the only time you've seen Willie? I saw him again, I want to say at the Lee County Sports Complex at the baseball mm. stadium. He was with Bob Dylan. Mm. But You a Dylan fan? Some. Yeah. I didn't really like that show. Yeah. But yeah, I like Dylan. I saw Willie right before the pandemic. So February of 2020, he came to whatever the arena is called these days. Um, and, you know, it was, it was, I loved it, but it was like, you know, he was he was kind of not all with it, you know. Yeah. His guitar playing was still pretty good, but his singing was pretty pretty old, pretty yeah. weak. You know? Yeah, when I saw him. I would him, love to have seen him, you know, yeah. 20, 30 years ago. Yeah, he was jamming out when I saw him. It was fun. Um, and then another favorite place to see small shows is the Cat's Cradle in Chapel Hill. Hmm. I saw um, G-Love and the Special Sauce there. Have you ever heard of G-Love? I have. Okay. He's... I mean, I'm not, I'm not very up on the music, but I've heard of that. Yeah. Him. Is it him? Is it them? Him. See, that's and, well, the special the, sauce is the rest of the band, but he's 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 awesome too. Hmm. Um, what's the most famous musician or performer that you've ever met? Have you ever met any? Not just on assignment, but you know, bumped into them somehow in life. Mm, we got on the bus with G Love after one of the shows at the Cat's Cradle. Hmm. How'd that come about? My boyfriend at the time was very persistent, hmm. and we we stood out there, and we finally got invited onto the bus. <laughs> what happened on the bus? <laughs> we just partied with. Did them you have a to sign bit. a non disclosure agreement? <laughs> no, no, it wasn't that. We just we drank some beers and you know smoked a little. It was fun. Did you feel like you were super cool? Oh yeah, I mean I was in college. How many times did you tell that story afterwards? So many times. How many? When was the last time you told it? <laughs> It's been a while. Okay. It's been a while. Now but. it's on record. Yeah. <laughs> now it's definitely on record. Uh, okay. Well, let's get to your third song. This is the old Crow Medicine Show song. How do you want to go? Um, we'll do it after. Do it after. All right. Uh, this is a band that I, I feel like I need to spend time with because all the people who I know that listen to it are like super cool and they're like really into good music. But I come by music slowly. Maybe this will be the beginning. Uh, yeah. This is Wagon Wheel by Old Crow Medicine Show off their 2004 self-titled album. It's Amanda Enscore's final song here on Three Song Stories. That song reminds me of my husband and how we met and our first vacation together. And on that first vacation together, we were driving through the mountains of North Carolina and I was playing, I had a playlist, you know, as I do. And he was like, oh, you got you to gotta put something else on because we're on these windy mountain roads. And I turned on Old Crow and he was like, this is perfect. We were on the Blue Ridge Parkway mm. driving. Something about the bluegrass just like calms your nerves and you can get into the just the driving and mm -hmm. the relaxing and the beautiful scenery and so yeah our and but our whole relationship started on a road trip i was on an assignment for the news press he was an assistant football coach at riverdale high school huh and i got picked to go to football camp with the football team cuz we were going to be following the football team for the whole season because they had a couple of good players at the time. The Riverdale football team. Yeah. Gotcha. Riverdale High School, 2005. Huh. <laughs> so he was driving the van that the the reporter and I rode up to to West Virginia in. So it, our relationship started on a nice long road trip. And by the time I was the only girl with the entire football team and coaches, everything, we were camping on this land, <laughs> roughing it. Wow. So by the time we got done with the trip, we kind of knew that we were meant to be together. Did you, had you met him at all before you went to meet and get on the van? Nope. 
did you do you remember like being on the van and being like, who's that guy? <laughs> Not on the way up there. We just we ended up kind of bonding on the trip, and every night we would stay up late talking and. Because he was my driver, like, he always had to make sure that, well, we had to stop at hotels on the way up and on the way back, and he had to make sure that I was on the bus because he didn't want to leave me. But, And I wasn't quite familiar with the football coach thing. If if you're not early, you're late. And I wasn't early one morning. Oh, <laughs> that, to, that includes you. That includes me. <laughs> so, yeah. But when he said that on our road trip, like, you need to find some other music and – when it came on and he was like, oh, this is perfect. I was like, oh, he's my person. Mm. <laughs> when you were staying up late talking while you were on that trip, what were your first common interests? Um, I, don't, I don't even remember. We just we just really hit it <laughs> off. I don't know. We just talked about That's everything. an unfair question. We like had, you have like some sort of encyclopedic memory of yeah, the conversation. We had really had. similar backgrounds, upbringing. So, you know, we – we just kind of hit it off with how how we were both raised and our parents are similar. And um, I, You know, I was going to ask, do you and his musical tastes align? They clearly at least do to this degree. Are there any places where they diverge? Not really. He's not a huge music fan, so he tends to go along with, with what I like. Um, you know, but when he was younger, he listened to probably more rap than I did, but um, – I still listen to some. So he's still coaching. No, no, not anymore. He coached girls basketball for a while, but once we had the boys, it just got too hard for him to coach. That takes and a lot of time. With having a wife as a journalist, like oh yeah, that's impossible. <laughs> now that yeah. I do that, <laughs> yeah. Once you have kids to be responsible for. Um, have your sons started becoming um, attracted or you know drawn to any music of their own yet? This just happened in the last week and a half. Oh, right. It's so weird. What was, was it? Oh, it, it's okay. It's a band called AJR. Okay. And Jared, pull up some AJR. The, the song is The World's Smallest Violin. The World's Smallest Violin, Jared, by AJR. Yeah. So is your oldest son? Yeah. Both of them, though. Apparently, they were hearing it on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And so then they both started asking Alexa to play it. And I was like, oh, my gosh, you guys. And they, like, know all the words and everything. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like little independent beings. I know. I mean, clearly they are, but those yeah. are, like, those little mileposts where it's like, oh, it my god. It just gosh. happened. Like, they would sing. I like their taste. Yeah. Kind of, kind of like um, they might be giancy a little bit. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so fun. <laughs> Oh, it'll just keep happening too, you know. Yeah. They'll come home and they'll just – or you'll be in the car and a song will come on that you've never even heard before and they'll know all the words. Mm-hmm. It'll happen. Yeah, I couldn't – my seven-year-old can almost sing this whole thing. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> yeah, and this oh, just started happening. I know. I know this song. I could tell your wheels were spinning in there, Jared. Yeah, it's it's – I don't know it because I listen to this type of music. I know it because social media. This is it's just all over uh, social media, and they just use that bit. And they also yeah. sing that song. Can we skip to the good part? Which is definitely all over social media. <laughs> mm. I'm but, unaware of both of them, but I like yeah. their style. I like that. Yeah, it's fun. Um, I have to tell a real quick North Carolina story. Okay. So when I was, I grew up in a youth group, and we'd go away during the summers either to camps. I went to Leesburg, by the way. There's a Methodist <laughs> camp there. We went there three years in a row. Um, but we would go up to North Carolina, and we were at Lake Junaluska. Do you know mm-hmm. where the Lake Junaluska yeah. is? And um, which the Ava Brothers actually have in there one of their songs. There's one song that has the words Lake Junaluska in it. Really? Yeah, it's one of their like ode to a girl or whatever. You know, oh, one of their the, pretty girl. Yeah, songs? one of their pretty girl songs. Yeah. Um, and so I was with some of my friends and we were walking and one of the local kids were giving us a t- little you know, tour and we were walking over this like boardwalk over like a swamp. And one of my friends who was kind of ditzy said, do you guys have alligators? And the young girl from North Carolina said, no, but we have snakes." you know. <laughs> and my friend Nicole didn't get it. And they went back and forth like three times before we almost tackled Nicole. And we're like, Nicole, she's saying snakes. You're making her uncomfortable. Snakes, y'all. We got snakes. I don't know what you're talking about. But she really said it like it, there was a Y in there. Yeah. Know? 
like Snikes. Mm-hmm. It was sorry, I'm not making fun of any no, accents that they're in. <laughs> Kentucky is even worse. That's where my husband's family's from. We spent a lot of time. In, we did that North Carolina uh, Redbird Mission in Kentucky and Leesburg were my three. What was the camp? Was it a camp? No, it was oh. a it was a place that was a they had a, a facility on acreage in the hills of Kentucky, and we would go there, and then they would send us out every day to help people fix up their houses, and you know it was oh, all yeah. just like you know like mission work like mission basically. Yeah. But we were like you know hoodlums, you know smoking menthol cigarettes in the woods, trying not to get caught. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, as you do. I, I didn't do that, mom. If you're listening, no. No. Um, okay, before we get to the speed round, um, musicals, plays, stage stuff. I'm no. seeing got nothing on there. I got nothing. That. No? No. Barber B. Man, none of that stuff? No. I've been to see the Book of Mormon. Oh. And in high school, we did take a trip to New York City where we saw Miss Saigon and Guys and Dolls. But I wasn't really into did, it. Didn't, didn't do it for you? No. Uh, do you happen to have a favorite movie soundtrack or a movie with has, has music? Um, probably Pulp Fiction. Hmm. I listened to that a lot back in the day. Hmm. Okay, speed round. Okay. Um, do you have a nickname that stuck over the course of your life that you would be willing to share? There's a few. <laughs> okay. Well, Score, because my maiden last name is In Score, so my best friends called me Score. There's Slander. <laughs> <laughs> a take on Amanda, you know. Some my other, some of my roommates called me Slander for a while. It, it's an awkward nickname for a journalist. It, it is. <laughs> it is. They were all journalists too, but maybe so. Maybe that's why. Libel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just slander. Um, yeah, probably score and slander. Hmm. And then my dad said when I was born that I would never be called Mandy. That was his. So, no Mandy. I call my cat Amanda Panda. Yeah, I got that some too. Yeah, mm-hmm. kind of hard to miss that one. Um, you mentioned you have albums. When was the last time you bought music that had physical form? Um, like a couple weeks ago. Which um, was it? Nathaniel Rateliff, Live at Red Rocks. Hmm. Are you a Nathaniel Rateliff fan? I don't even you know that name. You must be a Nathaniel Rateliff fan. Okay. I'll I'll trade you David Mayfield for Dave, Dave, whoever that is. Nathaniel Rateliff, yeah, yeah. yeah. If you were a championship wrestler, what music would you enter on? Oh, um, Break Stuff by Limp Bizkit. Mm. Yeah, I was a big fan in college. <laughs> what um, What would your wrestler name be? That I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> like Amanda the Great or something. I got it. Like, yeah. Scorekeeper? Yes, perfect. Get it? Yeah. I want to roll with good, these um, good job. wrestling names lately. Yeah. <laughs> what a sentence. Who's ever said that sentence before? Yeah. <laughs> I'm on a roll with these wrestler names yeah. lately. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I was a wrestling fan yeah? growing up. Yeah. Who was your favorite wrestler? The Rock and Roll Express okay. and Dusty Rhodes. Okay. I've heard of that one. Yeah. The Rock and Roll Express was in that same. They were like brothers. Do you know who Bam Bam Bigelow was? No. Okay, good. You're affirming me. But we, I went to school with the Hardy Brothers. I don't know who that is either. Jared? We had a a, a guest on the show. Uh, um, what's his name? Tim McBride. You ever come across Tim McBride? He wrote the book Saltwater Cowboy. He ran a bunch of pot out of Everglades City back in the 80s before he got caught. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He came into this story and he starts talking about Bam Bam Bigelow and Bam Bam Bigelow. And I'm just like, like nothing. And he was he was so like... He almost, it was like, I felt like he was going to stand up and go, nerd! (laughs) (laughs) I searched up the Hardy Brothers. No idea who I was. The only thing that came out are caterers? No, Matt and Jeff Hardy. I went to high school with Jeff. Matt was a year out when I came to school. But they they are famous still wrestlers (laughs) in our our old age. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Professional wrestling was big in North Carolina. Okay. Um, if you were a cocktail or drink of some kind that was a distilled essence of you, what would it be? Some sort of mule, like some with ginger beer and maybe a little fruit, you know, a little spicy, a little sweet. What's the liquor in there? Vodka. Vodka. Okay. Yeah. Is that what's in a mule, Moscow mule? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Never had one. 
They come in like metal cups or something, right? That's all I know is just the metal cup and mule. It's really cold and refreshing and Mm. yummy. I like ginger beer with a little whiskey. Yeah. Yeah. I just whiskey. Mm. (laughs) Um, Song you wish you could hear again for the first time. Mm. Blues music by G-Love. I was blown away. Album you wish you could hear again for the first time. Probably Avid Brothers. You're from North Carolina. How far back did you discover Avid Brothers? Because I didn't know who they were until the I and Love and You album in like 2011. Or that, was that was about the time when I discovered okay. them too. Yeah. Hmm. They were, yeah. I should have discovered them sooner, but I was already living in Florida when they came out. Understood. So, understood. Yeah. Um, most overplayed song of all time. I don't know. For me, it's, well, gosh, I don't like American Pie or something. Hmm. <laughs> I think that song was the number one song. I looked it up once. Was the number one song in the country the week I was born. Really? Yeah. It's about the day that I was born. Wow. Yeah. I mean, not the exact day, but February You were 3rd. born on the day the music died. I was born on the day that the music died. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Buddy Holly died. <clears throat> um, you ready for a little fresh Prince of Bel-Air? I think so. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'll try to chime in as best I can, but it's gonna be mostly on you. This is a story all about how my life got flipped, turned upside down, and I'd like to take a minute just sit right there. How long did it came for a film called Bel Air? Bel Air. But there's more. In West Philadelphia, born and raised on the playground is where I spent most of my days. Chilling out, maxing, relaxing, all cool, all shooting some b-ball outside of the school. When a couple of kids, they were up to no good. Started making trouble in my neighborhood. I got in one little fight and my mom got scared. I said, auntie and uncle in Bel Air. Bel Air. (laughs) Okay, she's flailing her arms. (laughs) That was really good. Did you watch a lot of that show? I did, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Um, when, that was what, like early 90s, mid 90s? Early. Early 90s. Late, probably, maybe even late 80s. Um, do, what was your favorite show when you were a little kid when there were still cartoons on Saturday? That's Ooh. another new question. I, I liked She-Ra a lot. That was Good like choice. the like the cat woman superhero? Yeah, she was like, you know, there was he, cat no, woman? that was not no. cats. There was no cats. It well, was, there was He-Man. The look on your face. <laughs> like, no. There was Catra. Who's a cat now in the new reboot of she No, I don't know about that. This is that. Jared's wheelhouse it, it's in good. His pop the, culture. Yeah. Well, there was She-Ra He-Man. The of power, yeah. And oh, there was this She-Ra. Was, okay, okay. Yeah, it's it He-Man's the, sister. Sister, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I highly recommend the new uh, DreamWorks uh, reboot of She-Ra. It's really good. Oh. It's really good. I, I had no idea. Jared hosts a podcast called Razzle Dazzle. It's all about pop culture. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I know some things. Um. If you could broadcast a song into the head of every person on the planet, what would it be? Oh, um, Special by Lizzo. Good good answer. Any songs you'll avoid listening to? Um, I just hate that song, Don't Speak by No Doubt. Mm. It played all the time in, at my job in college. I, was, I worked at a snack bar through like the work-study program. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And that song came on the radio like 40 times every shift. And I hate, hated it. <laughs> because it got overplayed? Overplayed. Played If out. you had only heard it a few times, you'd have been okay with it? Yeah. Because that song was very popular. Very. Too, too popular. Yeah. Yeah. I worked at my first job was McDonald's on 41 there by Hill Street. And it, they would pipe in, you know, I don't know, it was a dozen songs it felt like. And that uh, Tracy Chapman fast car. Oh. Every hour. Like, I heard that song, you know, 400 times. I love that Didn't song. make me hate it, though. It was a good song. <laughs> That's a good song. <laughs> um, favorite band? Avid Brothers. Um, best album of all time, in your opinion? My inclination is to say one by the Avid Brothers, but I will, um, I think Paul's Boutique by the Beastie Boys. Okay. I love the Avid Brothers, but I have yet to have an album of theirs that I could really listen to all the way through every time without skipping something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, no no shame. I mean, most most no, albums are like that. All fantastic. But a lot of but. times it'll be like, I know, like, you know, like, like I Am Loving You. It's like, I know it's like one, three, five, seven, and eight or whatever mm-hmm. of the songs that I always want to listen to. Yeah. Um, 
most recent band or musician that's entered your perspective? I guess maybe the the, the one your son's just brought to you. <laughs> Probably, yeah. And, you know, in the last couple year or so, I've started listening to Nathaniel Rateliff a lot. And then uh, Billy Strings. Oh, yeah, yeah. I just bought a couple of his, his I'd like to see too. him live. I've mm-hmm. just started, I mean, I, I remember seeing somebody posted a video of him playing, like, just in a back room at a party, maybe eight or nine years ago when he was, like, 15. And yeah. I remember at the time going, wow, that kid's got something. And now he's doing, like, crazy stuff. He's like, I saw a video of him covering, like, a Led Zeppelin song the other day, and it was amazing. Like, he's not yeah. just doing bluegrass. He's doing all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Apparently his shows are really, really popular, too. He's coming to the St. Pete or St. Augustine Amphitheater in April, too. So I'll you make, need to I make will, some trips. I will make a note of that. Yeah. Um, you had heard this song, this show a lot before we asked you to do it. Yes. When we asked you to do it, did you already kind of know what your songs were going to be? Or did you have to retool your choices based on like what we, you know, once we described you, you know, how it works? I I didn't decide until you asked me to do it. Because, well, I would listen and I would think, gosh, what would my songs be? And I like hemmed and hawed thinking about what my songs would be forever until you asked me and then I had to really like buckle down and figure it out. Nothing like a deadline. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But I had been thinking about it for a long time. Did you have a fourth song that you had to choose between the last two? Yeah. Um, I don't know how to say it. It Like Dire Maker by Led Zeppelin? I I don't know how to say it. I'm sure I would recognize it if I heard it, but I've um, never owned their albums personally, so I don't know what they're called necessarily. But yeah, I love that song. What was the story? Quick version. Um, Well, it had to do with coming around to my dad's music because he was a big Zeppelin fan. But we were at church camp, and some of the kids uh, in our youth group were playing uh, like Whole Lot of Love and stuff and then they played that song and I was like oh I really like that song and so I came home from the trip and was like dad dad do you have this song and I didn't know what it was called and like so we went through all of his albums to try to find it and he didn't he didn't it was from Houses of the Holy so he didn't have that one but he must have loved that he he loved it it was like (laughs) his favorite day like he still tells me like I just love that day so much. You came home and you wanted to hear all my music and we got to go through his albums and stuff. So. Hmm. My daughter, she's 17 now, and there's been a few, like like the Avett brothers, a few things over the years where she's picked up on it and then really gotten into it. And I'm like, oh, it makes me happy. Yeah. And then <laughs> maybe another song that I thought about, too, was my first floor routine in gymnastics. It was <laughs> Dirty Diana by... Um, Michael Jackson. <laughs> really? Yeah, they take the words out. Oh, so it was the instrumental the version. Instrumental version. But I, it was my first floor routine. I was at the meet, and I forgot my routine. Got done with my first tumbling pass and just completely blanked on the whole thing. And I like just kind of put my hands behind my head, and they thought I had gotten injured, so they let me do it again. <laughs> Did you remember then? <laughs> I remembered it. Wow. Yeah. That must have been mortifying. Mm, yes, yeah, absolutely mortifying. What were some of the other songs you would have done routines to? Um, yeah, uh, Roundabout by Yes. And I had one to Spanish Caravan by The Doors. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's a really good instrumental. Do you still gymnastic? I do. <laughs> How does one gymnastic these days <laughs> as a parent and all that? Um, well, the gymnastic world has an adult gymnastics class. It's the... Typically, the last Sunday of every month, they're just getting back going from the hurricane. They were flooded. But I also do private lessons with one of the coaches mm. once a week because mm. once a month was not enough for me. I wanted to mm. get back in. And, Good for you. And it's helped me stay in shape and yeah. got me through a lot of tough times. So. Um, okay. What would your 14-year-old self think of who you are with us today or just in the world today? I think she would think I was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like my with my job, I've gotten to do a lot of really cool stuff. And would she have been surprised that you wound up carrying a camera for a living? Probably. Yeah. 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 She she did not know what she wanted to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Well, it is time for you to recommend three people. Oh, I've got like six. You only get three. Okay. Um, Kevin Lawler. 
He is used to work with us at the news press, and he was the environmental reporter, and we always did the fun stuff together. So we got to go to the Bahamas together. We did a whole series about um, – We follow, he found the journal of this guy from the 1800s, and they, fo- they canoed through the Everglades. Hmm. We followed their path and did that. But so in, we ended up being in the car together a lot and pl- – me introducing him to a lot of music and him playing a lot of Allman Brothers for me. And He's so still we, around here? He is. Okay. He's on Pine Island. Awesome. Yeah, I can help you find him. Okay. <laughs> um, Carolyn Rogers? Yeah. Jeff Cole's sister? Yeah. Yeah, you need to get her. I'd love to get her on. Yeah. I tried to get her husband on, but he, 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 I think he's too shy. Oh, well, maybe you should do them together. That's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Dana Harpster? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. absolutely. I yeah. bet we can get her to do it. I bet you can. Okay. <laughs> I even prepped her because I was like, you need well, – I'm going to say your name. Well, I will put – we will get her <laughs> on the list. Um, okay. Well, you've done it. Did, did, did you stop being nervous at some point? No. <laughs> <laughs> Any final thoughts to leave us with? Uh, I don't think so. Especially now that I put that nervous question on you. No, it was really fun. Thank you. Thank you. And like I said, it's nice to talk to you more than 30 seconds. And, you know, and that's what I love about this show is is now when I see you, it's like it's like we kind of know each other. So, yeah, thanks for doing it. Thank you. We make three song stories in the studios of WGCU Public Radio on the campus of Florida Gulf Coast University in Fort Myers, Florida. Richard Chinqui is co-creator and producer. Tara Callaghan is online content producer and host. Our production assistant is Jared the Intern, Gonzalez. Christophus is executive producer. And our theme song was made by Dave 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 Cowan and Stick Martin at Monkey House Studio in St. Pete. For this week's parting tune, we're jumping back one year to one of my favorite people, episode number 196, guest former FGCU president and all-around good guy, Dr. Wilson Bradshaw. Roy and Steve and Bobby and myself, we thought we uh, would uh, form a group, and uh, we knew we needed to work on our harmonizing. And little Anthony and the Imperial had a song that we all kind of like. It was called Hurt So Bad. So we played that over and over, and uh, that was our practice song. And you'd sing it and harmonize. So you're a singer. I'm. I'm not a singer. Uh, I. Uh, we <laughs> had a lot like of. You're a singer. We had a lot of fun, but we had no, absolutely no talent. But it kept us busy and <laughs> occupied for a bit of time. You guys like sitting in a garage singing this, or uh, where were you? Various places. Usually in the living room. It'll be either in uh, front of other people. No, no, no. Okay. no. Uh, <laughs> because we never really got it quite right. But either in the living room, there were a couple practice sessions, quote-unquote, in bathrooms because the echo uh, somehow made us sound a little bit better. A little bit better. Keep listening. Next time on Three Song Stories. This is the one I always wanted to say was my first CD. Like, I like Aerosmith, but that's a much better... That was Jump the Shark Aerosmith.